questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. There's a famous line in the Godfather movie that says, Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I was ready to put the coronavirus event behind us. I wanted to start focusing on our more traditional subjects. I even recorded an interview last week that was supposed to air today. But no, a new event took precedence. Not too long ago, we were told we could not protest. We could not go out. We could not make a living. We had to exercise social distancing. All of that was forgotten a few days ago. And what was not allowed is now encouraged by some mysterious forces who seem to be puppeteering those creating chaos. Ivantifa means anti-fascism. Why didn't a single member join the protests against the fascist COVID-19 lockdowns? Because they weren't being paid by Soros. We'll discuss some of the anomalies of this current event, but for a moment, let's assume it did happen the way the media portrays. There are three distinct groups who have taken to the streets in the United States. I think it's important to understand the differences between them. The first are those who are justified in their outreach over the murder of George Floyd and are peacefully protesting. They are the true activists. Then there are the destructive opportunists who are taking advantage of the situation to loot and pillage. Finally, and most dangerously to America, are the anarcho-communists who are exploiting and manipulating the demonstrations to cause as much damage to the country as possible. They have been mobilized as insurrectionists. And coincidentally, a lot of these are happening in certain cities and states. The same cities and states that were heavily locked down during the COVID-19 event. Does anyone notice a pattern? And now, the same states and cities have the most violence and criminal activity taking place during these protests and riots? Is this a coincidence? What they're doing is they're trying to influence everybody to riot and to act uncivilized so they can have an excuse to usher martial law. It's a game of chess. The police are the pawns. The FBI are the knights. The military are the castles. The mainstream media are the bishops. And the deep state, Illuminati, Bill Gates, and their royal families, all these international global syndicates, are the kings and the queens, also known as the Freemasons. Police brutality and racism have been weaponized in the form of psychological warfare to influence the American public to react exactly the way the deep state wants them to react so they can enact martial law. That's why Obama signed the NDAA, so that we can be recognized as terrorists by the military, so when they bring the military, they can detain people indefinitely, round us up into FEMA camps, forcefully vaccinating us in order to depopulate the planet so they can take over the world. Right now, we are literally in the endgame of our lives. Everything we thought was conspiracy theory, we now know it's literally true. We have a chance to stop them, but we can only do this if everyone wakes up and redirect our disposition on this matter. Order out of chaos, a militia-controlled government. Emotions have superseded people's intelligence. People's intelligence should supersede people's emotions during these difficult times. We need to redirect our anger wisely to the actual parties who are guilty. 
demanding the arrest of the deep state and the treasonous figures who have sold this country. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. And to tell us more, he's back after 11 years. Ralph Epperson, a historian, author, and lecturer who has been researching the conspiratorial view of history, the view that the major events of the past have been planned years in advance by a central conspiracy for over 50 years. He has written several best-selling books, among them The Unseen Hand and The New World Order. His website is ralph-epperson.com. Ralph Epperson joins me from Tucson, Arizona. Hello, Ralph, and welcome back to Veritas. Well, it's been some time, Mel. Yes, thank you very much. I remember we did the program several years ago, and uh, I'm, that's, I'm honored to be called back, and let's see if we can get some things said that will hopefully uh, educate and illuminate your, your audience. Thank you. Likewise, I'm honored as well. You have been doing this for many decades, and I, whenever I see websites that talk about the New World Order, no matter what language, Ralph, it's always your book, which has been translated in many, many other languages. So it's become a seminal piece of, of, of research that you have here. And, you know, people perhaps know we're, we're not paying attention perhaps before, but they are paying attention now. Why do you think so many people are waking up to the fact that what used to be perceived a conspiracy is now be considered, is considered a fact? Well, I, I'm not sure that, that the average American or even the average citizen in any nation believes that, but you're right. I was stunned when I got the first order from a, a foreign nation, a publisher in a foreign nation, wanting to publish either or my first two books, The um, uh, Unseen Hand or The New World Order, and I was stunned. Uh, and so I said, sure, by all means, do it. And people said, well, wait a minute, you're going to get paid. And I said, no. I said, I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to do that. And if they did it without my knowledge or permission, I'm going to go to uh, Tanzania and argue the case in front of a judge that they <laughs> stole my book. I don't think so. So I said, please do it. Get it out. And I'm now getting a, a Spain published it in, uh, I presume, Spanish. And now I'm getting orders, uh, not orders, because they're, they're buying the book in their nation, uh, Latin America, South America. Uh, apparently they're selling the book under the title of the Spanish uh, edition of it. And so they're letting, now they're writing to me, making me friends on their uh, internet. And that's stunning. I'm pleased. And I will make one more comment. Uh, Hong Kong published, well, it was actually China, Beijing, I guess is their capital, a publisher, they're published 
uh, the unseen hand probably a couple of years ago. And Hong Kong suddenly popped up screaming for freedom. Now, whether or not that's because of my book, I can't say. But I certainly can say that if there's a number of people reading it, they're learning about freedom, something maybe they don't even never heard of before. So that was quite a prospect. And suddenly now the virus comes along and Hong Kong's no longer talking, I guess. Not only is Hong Kong no longer talking, but there are new laws being enacted in Hong Kong where they're no longer going to be a two two government system. They're in, in reality, they're really embedded with China, uh, which is something when I used to, I spent time in Asia in the mid 90s and the year before, 96, I was asking people, how do you feel about, you know, it's been 150 years, the British had you on a lease. Now you're going back to China. How do you feel about that? And he had mixed messages all the time, but people really didn't trust the fact that there were going to be an independent system, you know, same country, but different system. That can't really last when the government systems are polar opposites, capitalism and communism, even, even though what saved China was capitalism. Well, China, uh, oh boy, that opens up a door if you want to go there, though. Way back in the NCNA, back in 1985, I talked about the fact as to why did China go communist? And it went because of our government. Our government betrayed Chiang Kai-shek because he was fighting the communists in other parts of the nation. And our government decided to arm and provide ammunition and the ingredients they need to fight the war. And that started for a while. And then suddenly we cut it off. And China went communist. Chiang Kai-shek and I don't know how many of his troops or whatever it was, uh, escaped to Taiwan, and they're still there now. But they're but the uh, Red China is talking more and more about conquering Little Taiwan and making it part of the Hong Kong uh, China situation. I guess so. It's really scary uh, because is it really possible that freedom all over the globe is now over? I don't know. That's scary. What you said about I'm glad you're opening more doors. Taiwan, that's another country. If Hong Kong goes, I think Taiwan will go. I think the only reason why China hasn't made the move, and I'm going to go out there and say it, is probably because of Trump. If Hillary had won, we would see Hong Kong completely out. We would see Taiwan go back. We would see the the uh, the, the China, the South China Sea, full of islands, taking over routes. And as you know, the, what do you call it, the, uh, the Silk Road that they're trying to open all over the world. They want to take over. And even Xi Jinping just said that he wants to be the leader of the New World Order. We got to understand, I made a DVD probably eight or ten years ago called Vietnam, America's Betrayal and Treason. I, I discovered that our, if you want to get this, because China was great. Oh, God, this opens up. I don't know if you want to talk about this, Mel. But Vietnam was a major victory for the conspiracy, and we played into it. That war was planned by our government in at least 1945, but it didn't start until 1964. And you might remember it started with the Gulf of Tonkin event, of course. which McNamara finally admitted never happened. And in my DVD, I documented that fact. It never happened. So... Now, what was the purpose of the war? 
to, to get a lot of young Americans fighting over there, but with no victory in a situation in, in an area that's very heavily involved with drugs, heroin and, and uh, cocaine, heroin and opium. Opium, opium, yeah. Now, I did some research and found out that China was producing 15 million acres of poppies, and they were only having something like 20 million acres of rice being produced back in the early uh, middle 1940s and early 50s, which means opium, heroin, was going to become a nation, a worldwide drug, and they were going to supply it. And they sent they sent this the poppies down to Kun Saw, a drug warlord down in. Uh, it was, he had a group of people called the Shan, I think it was. Uh, he had an army of forty thousand soldiers, but they didn't have borders. They just lived in the jungle, so they weren't citizens of any country, primarily in Burma. And then they converted it from the from the poppies to heroin. And listen to this. Then Air America airplanes landed and uh, filled their uh, C-46s and 7s with heroin and flew it back to America. And then the mafia unloaded it and transported it because America had to become a drug culture. I remember that. What happened in Vietnam? That war lasted for eight years. I I don't know if you know this or not. But three American patriots, under the guy, the, the starting of one man, one man forced the government, Nixon, to end the war way before it was planned to end. He forced them with the assistance of a reti- retired three-star general and a retired lieutenant or a full colonel. The three men forced Nixon to end the war by dropping mines into the port of Haiphong. In 1972. Now, I want and you to expound. A- I want you to expound on this because this is interesting. Because we always think of the Vietnam War being a, a war of attrition. I believe the number was close to 57,000, and that's when the war was supposed to end. But I've spoken to so many people. Even my very first interview on this radio program that has nothing to do with what we're discussing. This individual, Milton Torres, told me that. He was an Air Force pilot, and he got tired of flying so many sorties over Vietnam where he knew where the targets were, but he was not ordered to shoot him, to, to, to deploy the, the missiles or bomb them. He kept saying, no, go there, but do not bomb them. Almost as if they were just trying to ex- extend this war forever. Not only that, but in the 80s, one individual that I interviewed, I forgot his name, one of our guests here, he was a congressman, and he was approached by somebody with satellite pictures showing some of our men in Laos, in Vietnam, showing rice fields with eviction and evasion coats, saying that they were still there, alive. And they went to McCain, who said, no, we don't want to talk about it. And then they went to the White House, and uh, it was Ross Perot who went and wanted to speak with President Reagan. And guess who met, met him there? Uh, Vice President Bush, who told them, don't you ever come back here again. And that's why he ran against Bush. You know that story, don't you? Yes, I do indeed. In fact, I know Bo Greitz. Did you ever talk to Bo Greitz? No. Bo Greitz was the most heavily decorated Vietnam uh, colonel 
in Vietnam. In Vietnam, he was a, a Green Beret, and he uh, he apparently uh, was primarily in the jungles uh, winning the war. But but he uh, he found out about the uh, the heroin uh, by he he was told asked to go to three POWs in uh, Burma being held by Coon Saw, the drug warlord. And Bogreitz and a, a crew, I think, of three or four people is what his called, he called his crew, went there to see Coonsaw, and Coonsaw met him openly and frankly, and they started talking. And they found out that, that, that Coonsaw was converting the poppies to heroin, and then uh, they would uh, uh, fly, uh, fly it, I'm sorry, to, yeah, to an air, air base. It was not an Air Force base. It's the regular, uh, at least a, a landing strip. And C-46s and 7s were coming in from the CIA, and they would load up the heroin, and then those airplanes were flown back to the United States and, as I said, unloaded. And uh, then uh, the, the mafia picked it up and moved it. And I'll give you a quick story. I can only tell you it's a story, but it happened to me. At least I can tell you what the man said. Because one day when Bo was speaking to our breakfast club here in Tucson, a young enlisted man, I would guess in his late 20s, came in wearing his fatigues. And at the end, of, I, stu- I always stand at the back of the audience because I ask my questions <laughs> of the speaker. I want him to hear me and I want them to hear the, uh, his answer. So he shouted out to him. He said, Colonel Bo, Bo, I want you to know that I, I can tell you that I know what you're saying is true. He said, how? He said, I worked for the CIA at the Utapau airfield loading the C-46s and 7s with heroin as they came in one after the other. So he said, I worked for the CIA for four years, and the last four years of my life I worked for the, uh, I was in the Air Force, and he was wearing Air Force fatigues. He he told me the story was true. So Bo Grites came back with that story. He said, uh, Kunsaw said there's no POWs, and you, he told uh, Bo Grice, you're free to go anywhere you want to in this my jungle, and uh, look, and if you find them, tell me, and I'll help you get them out of there, and we'll get you get you back, take them back to America. So Bo looked and couldn't find any, so he came back to the United States and then told uh, America, the Senate and the House, that Bo that Coonsaw wanted to get out of the drug business and stop making heroin, converting the poppies from China. But he needed an industry for his nation. And so he said, all you got to do is come there and help us develop something. We have, we're heavy with teak wood and various stones and minerals in our jungle. And you're, you'll be free. Teach us how to cultivate them or grow them or whatever we have to do. And we'll be independent. We'll stop. And... Bogreitz, according to Bogreitz, at least three times he told us, our government said we're not interested in that. Is that what created the country of, well, what is now Myanmar? Burma? I don't know. I don't know when Burma became a nation. But but as I remember, he lived in a, a triangle of you know various nations with borders, but he lived in, in various with with his tribe, and they apparently were not citizens. They they had their own little nation, I guess, and an army of forty thousand people to keep them secure. But and what Bo said he uh, uh, monitored their their 
their soldiers, he said, they were really good. They were good guerrilla fighters. And uh... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.